Welcome to Recovery His Way. I'm Stuart Whiting, and for this week's episode, we're going to run the audio from our recent graduation where our director, Tom Reynolds, spoke about the truth that we tend to become what we believe. That what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about what God has revealed to us, really has a great effect on who we are and what we pursue. And also in this graduation ceremony, we had each of our three graduates uh, give their testimony. And so you're going to hear the real heart of the His Way mission coming through in their words. And we hope you are blessed. You know, vision is the key to our future. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You tend to become what you believe. You tend to live what you believe. You become what you picture yourself to be. So recovery in his way is really about transforming one's perception. How, what am I going to believe differently? If I come here believing one thing and I leave believing the same thing, I'll probably end up in the same spot. That's not what needs to happen. Our desire, our vision, our passion, our prayer is that every man that walks through the door allows God to transform their hearts, that they will leave believing something different than when they came. And that's the hope of transformation. In John 8, 31, it said, Jesus says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Addiction's about bondage. Recovery, sobriety is about freedom. The only way to get to that freedom is through the truth that is Jesus. In fact, he says in a few verses later, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You'll be truly free. And I think a lot of times, a lot of us have lived lives that we think we're free, we think we're liberated, we can do anything we want, anytime we want, for any reason we want, only to discover that that very lifestyle is the greatest of bondages. It's our jail cell of our own making. And it's only through what Jesus can do in our lives that we can experience real freedom. Lies bind us, they hold us in bondage, darkness enslaves, the truth frees. Light frees and liberates. Discovering your divine identity, the created purpose for you, leads to life. And one passage that has been popular around here over the years is in Jeremiah 29. Verse 11 says, God speaking says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. You see, God has a plan for us. The challenge is for us to embrace that plan. God has a plan for us that gives us a future and gives us a hope. But we have to embrace his plan. But first of all, we need to know that he has a plan, right? That's great news. It's great news to know that the creator of the universe has a plan designed for you and I. That we're not here accidentally. We're not meandering through as, some, as, we're, as if we're stumbling through the dark. No, God has a destiny. He has a plan. He has a divine appointment. He has a direction for our lives. And discovering that, that he wants what's good for us. He wants welfare, not evil. He wants to grant us a future and a hope. And when we truly grasp and discover God's purpose, it, defi it transforms. 
It transforms our pursuits. It transforms our values. It transforms our relationships. It transforms our identity. It transforms every aspect, every fiber of our being. And when you truly grasp that, then the next verses become the reality. They become the expression of our passions with that discovery. He says in verse 12, then, then when you discover this, when you realize that, that I have a plan for you, when you grasp that, then you will call upon me and you will come and you will pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, once we believe and come to understand that God has a plan, that defines our actions. We begin to call upon Him. We begin to turn to Him. We begin to submit to Him. We begin to turn our hearts over to Him. And we begin to experience the transformation that God has always desired for each and every one of us. The three guys that are graduating tonight, I think, in very different ways express that very fundamental truth. Jason Session um, came here six months ago, of course. He's our 300, he will be our 369th graduate. And Jason came and began to embrace this on July 21st. He was baptized out the Flint River. And I appreciate so much the servant heart and the passion he has had for others as he's been here and wants to stay on and continue to give to the guys coming along and pour his life into the newer guys' lives and see the changes that can happen in them as they've happened to him. And I'm excited for that. I'm thankful for that. It's great to have Jason here. And Jacob Jackson's also graduating. He'll be our 62nd one-year graduate. Of course, he stayed on with the Advanced Recovery Group, and I've been so proud of Jacob and all that he's done. He's recently become a staff member here and uh, has taken on one of the, the most important roles that we have on this campus, which is our campus leader in the evenings when everybody's here and you got to run the whole house. And I appreciate his leadership, and I appreciate his maturity, and I appreciate the desire and the vision he has for that. He wants to complete his education and really um, learn to become a leader in leading men. I'm thankful for that. And our 371st graduate will be Adam Clemens. Adam's, Adam was baptized on July 15th down at the Winchester Church of Christ. And one of the things that I appreciate that Adam has shared is that this, through a lot of tragedy and difficulty and pain in Adam's life, this is, kind of, this is home. And this is family. And this is where he wants to stay tied in. This is where he wants to what he wants to be around, the people he wants to interact with. These are the people he wants to work with and live among and, and be a part of. And so he's just moving across the street and going to stay right here um, so he can be along with us in that journey. And so each of them in different ways, I think, are really grasping the plan that God has for them. And that's where true transformation takes place. You know, a lot of guys come into this program and have asked me over the years, you know, what is God's will for me? What's God's plan for me? What's his purpose for my life? Why am I here? And a lot of times what we're thinking about is what should be my career, whether I should go to school or not. Um, what about marriage? What about family? What about finances? What about living arrangements? What about transportation? What about relationship things and family things and all these kind of things? 
And the passage I like to turn to is the one I want to kind of set the stage for these guys sharing with is in 1 Thessalonians 5. Because this passage to me speaks profoundly to what God's purpose, His plan, His will, His desire for our lives are. So many times, you know, we want to kind of act as if, you know, we're going to walk on a car lot and ask for God to kind of divinely ordain the car I'm supposed to buy. And there's some going to be some light that shines on that one. It's going to be the perfect price, the perfect car, and wah! And that's it. And many times we're disappointed when that doesn't seem to happen. But this passage speaks so clearly to me about what God desires. He says very simply, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is God's will for you. It's to rejoice always, to pray all the time, and to always be grateful in whatever circumstance you find yourself. You see, because God's will isn't so much about what we're going to do, it's about who you are. Because if you are the person God wants you to be, the doing will take care of itself. That'll be irrelevant. It'll be natural. It'll just come. It's becoming that God's interested. That's God's desire. That's His will. That's His plan and purpose for us. And so it begins with this first one, rejoice always. In Philippians 4 and verse 4, as Paul sits in prison, he writes this letter to the Christians in Philippi, and he says in Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It's amazing that somebody in prison, somebody who is in lockdown, if you will, isolated, without any of the benefits, no Netflix, no binge watching, no curbside service, just isolation, alienation, quiet and darkness says rejoice in the Lord always and reiterates it again. I say rejoice, let joy be the dominant characteristic of your life because because joy will always be the result when one's life is oriented as his object of love is the Lord. If I have the right object, joy will always be the case. If I'm looking to find joy in the circumstance of my life, it'll come and go. If I find it in Jesus Christ, it will always be. Rejoice in the Lord always. It's not about the weather. It's not about the politics. It's not about my team. It's about the Lord. In Nehemiah 8.10, Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I can't think of anyone better to share and explain that testimony than Jacob Jackson. I actually think it's interesting you pick that passage in Philippians, because if you ask me, I'd say that's probably my favorite passage of Scripture. Uh, but... So I wrote what I'm going to say, that way I can keep it kind of together, you know I don't like this. But um, 
One of, joy can be defined as the emotion invoked by the prospect of possessing what one desires. And I liked that a lot. I think it goes along with everything else that I'm going to say here. But uh, during the last year here, I have grown more than I ever have through any other period of time in my life. I think this has really only been possible because I've maintained a sense of joy since the beginning. I was just so ready for things to be different that I think I've been able to handle the change well. I've been able to rest in knowing that whatever God has for me has got to be better than where I was, and I've been able to run with that. I would say joy to me comes from trusting God, having faith that He is going to carry you through, and believing in hope that one day you will have whatever it is you desire. I'm thankful for the progress that I've made, and I have joy in knowing that I'm right where I need to be. I want to say thank you to all of the staff at His Way, my friends, and my family. I wouldn't have made it this far without you. Pray continually. Pray always. Pray without ceasing. Pray ceaselessly. You know, in Philippians, again, after he says rejoice, though always, again, I say rejoice. He goes on and says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't let anxiety rule your life. Don't be worried, but what he says and said, but in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In everything with prayer. You know, I find tragically that most of us pray as our last-ditch effort when I've expended every possible avenue of solution I can come to. And then as my last-ditch final Hail Mary I pray, which is the exact opposite of what Paul reveals, what Jesus displays, that prayer is supposed to be our first response. It's really supposed to be our last response, and it's supposed to be every response in between. It's really our only response is prayer. Because prayer is about dependency. It's about entrusting ourselves. It's about trusting that there is a God who is going to do what I cannot. You know, when you think about in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer, you know, it says, give us this day our daily bread. You know, that manna, that daily bread, that daily dependence, it, it, it suggests and emphasizes the idea that we are constantly dependent on God. I mean, just think, every time I inhale, that's the blessing of God, and every time I exhale, it's His gift. And it's just at constant dependency, all the time, is what prayer is about. It's about breathing in relationship with God. And so learning to do that and making our lives that dependent, I think, is critical. And prayer really reflects that. And, you know, I thought about Adam sharing on this simply because one of the things he said is how 
how he's recognizing this need to be in close community and be dependent, be reliant, find this place and stay plugged into the place that is giving me life. And that place ultimately is in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So I want Adam to share with us for just a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Adam Clemens. Um, I'm a grateful father, um, believer of Jesus Christ. Um, this is my second time here. I also graduated the last time I was here, but I tried to um, leave and do it on my own without God, and I failed. So when I came back this time, I mean, I knew I could get clean, but the main thing is, is I wanted to build a relationship with God. So um, I did and um, came back and was baptized um, July the 15th. And they say that the um, opposite of addiction is community. You know, they teach us that here. Um, and this community here has come like a family to me. And um, it keeps me on the right track. And that's why, I, you know, I've chose to, to stay on at the transition house and, um, and, and stay on doing what I'm doing. And, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, this is a verse that Mr. Norville gave to me um, right after I was baptized, and it's um, stuck with me and helped me out a lot. And, um, and I try to um, go to God daily in prayer, and I'm going to share with you all what that prayer is is one of mine and um i got this out of another christian um self-help book i read and i pray for um god to help me to love him more than anything else in my life that i have been putting before him on that i share thank y'all you know uh this year 2020 hasn't been the best of years, as we know, right? I've made the comment the other day that if 007 was a license for James Bond to kill, then 2020 has been our license to gripe and complain. Um, we've had a lot of grumbling, a lot of complaining, a lot of whining, and those type of things. And yet, as we read in this passage, rejoice always, pray continually, in everything give thanks. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In fact, right before that, earlier on, Paul would say, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You know, this world has seemed particularly dark in this last year, and seemingly getting darker at times. And I know for some of us that's despairing. Some of us want to grumble and complain about the darkening world in which we live. But my encouragement would be to rejoice, pray, be grateful, because as we do, our lights will become ever brighter in contrast to the deepening darkness of the world in which we live. No one appreciates a star until it's dark, right? In the daytime, we don't notice them. In the night, they become significant. 
And so it is, as the darkness comes to our world, as, as blackness tends to take over our culture and gloom and negativity, we have the opportunity with simply being grateful to shine ever brighter and make, bring a beacon of light that gives hope and inspiration to more and more people in this world. You want to make a difference in the world? Be joyful. Be grateful. Pray continually. And you will transform the world that God's placed you in. And so, the last person I wanted to have share for a minute is Mr. Sessions. Jason, if you want to come up here. Jason um, certainly has been a person of positivity. I've never heard him say anything negative. He's always positive, upbeat, and confident, and brings that everywhere he goes, and I appreciate that spirit so much. Hi, I'm Jason, grateful recovering uh, addict and grateful believer in Jesus Christ. What is gratitude? Gratitude is the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for, and return kindness. Throughout life's trials and blessings, displaying a general attitude of gratitude distinguishes the Christian. But it's also, it also makes you a lovely person to be around. Practicing gratitude actually increases dopamine in your brain and, increases, and encourages you to seek more of the same. So scientifically speaking, the more grateful for, the more you will find things to be grateful for. You can find peace and joy through prayer and gratitude. When you pray and give thanks to God, even when it's hard to, we are promised to be given grace and faith. First Thessalonians says, 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Jesus Christ for you. About three and a half years ago, I chose a path in life that was nothing short of disastrous. My addition took me all the way down through there. I found myself running with some less than pleasant crowds, doing things that were flat out criminal. I lived on the streets and stayed in places that wasn't fit for an animal to stay in. I had completely cut ties with my entire family mainly because I was ashamed and disgusted about what I was doing and the person that I had become. As crazy as this may sound to some of you, it is only by God's grace I finally landed myself in prison. It was prison where I finally realized that if I wanted something better out of life, I needed God in my life. It was prison where I began to reconnect with my family. It was prison where I decided to leave that crazy life in the past. In reconnecting with my family, I found a father and a mother that hadn't turned their back on me. They were right there willing to do whatever was necessary to get me back on track. If not for them being in the right place at the right time, hearing a testimony from a past resident, Fred Smith, from his way, I probably would have never heard about this place. There's no way that anyone can make me believe otherwise that it was God 
at work on my future. His way has changed my life for the better. I am so thankful we have a loving and forgiving God. I am grateful for so many things today. Right after God, there's my parents, then the entire staff of His way, and all of my brothers here. Without this all-star Christian team at my side, the man I'm becoming and strive to be would not be possible. Thank you.